Support for Petri Dish is made possible by UT Health San Antonio, committed to transforming the health of the community through a team that tackles problems from every angle, doing everything it takes to bring each patient the best possible outcomes, from teaching tomorrow's healthcare leaders to translating research into new treatments. UT Health San Antonio strives to make lives better. Learn more at everythingittakes.org. In April of 2022, the head of the Food and Drug Administration, Dr. Robert Califf, tweeted something that didn't get a lot of attention at the time, but really probably should have. He tweeted that he believed that misinformation, not heart disease, not cancer, not even COVID, but misinformation had become the leading cause of death in the United States. And earlier this month, he made news when, during a sit-down interview with CNBC health and science reporter Meg Terrell, he linked misinformation with our shortening lifespans. So you mentioned life expectancy. Um, you know, in previous conversations, you have tied what is going on in this country with misinformation to our statistics on life expectancy and how they're not great when you stack them up against other countries. Can you just talk about that relationship? It bothers me a lot. We're faring worse than peer countries, uh, high-income countries. We're essentially in last place and losing ground with a difference between three and five years in life expectancy compared to the average of other high-income countries. Dr. Califf blames, in large part, the sea of misinformation and disinformation in which we are constantly swimming. In the good old days, when I was a practicing cardiologist for the most part, you know, people developed products, they got through the FDA, the label determined what was talked about, the internet didn't exist, you advertised in medical meetings and journals. Now everyone's included because everyone's connected to the internet. But we can put out a statement about what we've determined based on the highest level of evidence. Within 10 minutes, uh, someone who's thought 10 minutes about it can reach a billion people. And there's nothing that restricts them from telling things that are not true. During a health emergency, it's expected that two types of bad information will circulate. Misinformation that we've been talking about, which is inaccurate information shared without the intent to deceive, and disinformation, which the sharer knows is false and shares it anyway. Dr. Califf says that's been true forever. There really were snake oil salesmen <laughs> in the old days, literally advertised snake oil. Mm. Um, but they couldn't reach so many people. Now, online, they can sell their snake oil to millions of people from a storefront that never closes. They can deliver their false facts to millions of people in the time it takes to type a tweet, and Caleb blames them for the fact that hundreds of Americans are still dying every day of COVID. Very few people are dying from COVID who are up to date on their vaccination. Mm -hmm. And if beyond that, even if they get infected, almost no one is dying if they've been vaccinated up to date and they've gotten an antiviral that's um, uh, approved by or cleared by the FDA. So who's dying and why? Califf says some are people whose doctors aren't prescribing that antiviral Paxlovid often enough or soon enough there are also people who have been heavily influenced by people on the Internet telling untruthful things about the vaccination. Mm -hmm. And 
I'm not arguing here that we should suppress free speech. That's not, you know, First Amendment is the First Amendment. Mm. Um, but we have to counter that information with truthful information and reach many, many more people. But in that sea of false information, how do you reach people with facts? First of all, you got to tell the truth in a louder volume. From Texas Public Radio, this is Petri Dish. I'm Bonnie Petri. Recently, I was on a Zoom hosted by the Johns Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health. Welcome, and thank you for joining us today. It was about the current state of misinformation and disinformation at this point in the pandemic. Today's experts will discuss the challenges that misinformation and disinformation around COVID-19 continue to present. One of the panelists, Dr. Tara Kirksell, is an expert in health misinformation and risk communication. She has worked for over a decade on pandemic preparedness and response, and she agrees with the FDA chief. COVID misinformation and disinformation is killing people. We estimated that in late summer 2021, misinformation and disinformation caused 2 to 12 million people to be unvaccinated. And that caused about 50 to $300 million of harm per day. Every day during that time, our estimates were that misinformation and disinformation were causing 15 to 90 COVID deaths. And that has a lot of costs. And we believe that the situation is similar today because COVID is still killing about 300 people a day. And misinformation is a leading cause of voluntary under-vaccination. And she also agrees that the spread of bad information during a crisis is not new. Snake oil salesmen have always been around. But it's not only folks that are looking to make a quick buck that we need to watch out for. Often people or groups see a crisis unfolding and then figure out a way to use it to promote a political or social agenda of some kind. They try to leverage an emergency when people are afraid to amass power. You know, in some of our research, when we really started, um, you know, doing work in this area, we thought the misinformation and disinformation would all be about that health issue or that topic, right? But in reality, we found that a lot of times the topic is the vehicle for some sort of goal, social, political, financial goal. And so by latching on to something that is the hot topic at the time, you know, health issues and COVID, and we've seen here, it serves as a vehicle to push some other agenda. And so I think, you know, as attention to COVID fades away, maybe we'll see um, misinformation thrive in some other place. But, you know, when health issues become more central, I think we could see that, um, again, be a vehicle for some of these other goals. So these folks embed whatever goal they have in a false public health message. Yes, there are the snake oil salesmen trying to sell you supplements or ivermectin or whatever the latest unproven COVID cure might be to make money from people's fear or suffering. But fear is a potent motivator in many ways. And it's often hard to manage um, because some of the most effective misleading information has some kernel of truth in it that's then twisted and twisted. Um, Some things can be misleading, but because many parts of the situation aren't known, they can be difficult to fully refute. And other things require a lot of nuance to explain, so it doesn't sort of work in a soundbite. 
Um, and especially with a novel virus, there's an absence of evidence and there are a lot of uncertainty expectations about what constitutes evidence that can all get mixed up and it can be very difficult then to sort of deal with these issues of mis and disinformation. And then, Sel says, there's the fact that so many people with bad information have big megaphones. I do think that, um, you know, anti-public health folks do seem to have a bigger megaphone, or at least they have the opportunity to use many different megaphones. And that you can have infinite numbers of different lies and creative ways that you can sort of attack people. But if you're, you know, focusing on the truth and science um, and you want to be serious about, you know, what you're talking about, I think that it, it makes it more difficult. Because people like Sal or like FDA Commissioner Califf they're not going to be invited to drill down on hard science on the hundreds of thousands of YouTube channels or TikToks or Reddit forums or Twitter spaces out there spreading terrible hot takes. So what can we do? What role do each of us have in fighting bad information in our families, in our social groups, in our social media groups, in our towns and beyond? My rule of thumb is really to only engage when it's already big enough to have its own legs. More on that when Petri Dish continues. Support for Petri Dish is made possible by UT Health San Antonio, committed to transforming the health of the community through a team that tackles problems from every angle, doing everything it takes to bring each patient the best possible outcomes, from teaching tomorrow's healthcare leaders to translating research into new treatments. UT Health San Antonio strives to make lives better. Learn more at everythingittakes.org. Welcome back to Petri Dish. I'm Bonnie Petri. I'm sure you've all heard the proverb, a lie is halfway around the world before the truth has got its boots on, right? Well, recent research out of MIT has quantified that quote. The modern information ecosystem allows fake news to spread six times faster than the truth. Tara Kirksell is a senior scholar at the Johns Hopkins Center for Health Security, and she's a lead author on a new report called National Priorities to Combat Misinformation and Disinformation for COVID-19 and Future Public Health Threats, a call for a national strategy. Cells focused on finding ways for accurate information to get ahead of the bad stuff, you know, get its boots on faster, and says that while government agencies like the Centers for Disease Control or the FDA and public health experts all have an essential role in disseminating good health information, they're not the only ones. You know, our research has also highlighted the importance of secondary messengers. This might be women who end up talking to their hesitant husbands about vaccination or trusted community members who share um, important health messages. And these are people who aren't public health, but can help share those public health messages. And so that's an important piece of the messaging here when we're dealing with people who are hesitant about because of mis and disinformation. Right. I mean, even I'm hesitant on social media and it's, you know, my actual job to share good, credibly sourced science with as many people as will listen. But it is rough out there on the Internet and people are vicious. You don't want to attract the harassment that sometimes engaging really uh, starts up. Um, You don't want to elevate that lie. 
And yet at the same time, you don't want misinformation to keep rolling along. And we know that debunking can work in many circumstances. It's hard to know what to do, but Cell has some guidance. First off, don't get involved every time you see bad information online. Sometimes it's fine to just keep scrolling. My rule of thumb is really to only engage when it's already big enough to have its own legs. Um, And if you do end up engaging, um, do so carefully and respectfully. Respectfully is key here because in some cases of misinformation, People don't intend to mislead. Yes, some are cartoon villains twirling their cartoon mustaches while intentionally misleading. But some are just people sharing bad information in good faith. They're trying to help. They don't know they're wrong. So, you know, be nice. And even if the sharer is a cartoon villain, Cell says to forget about them. Think about the audience. You know, even if you aren't going to convince the originator of the disinformation or misinformation, other people are also watching. And so that respect, which is one of the core tenets of of risk communication, is really important. Make sure you have credible sources. Don't attack. Don't demean. Don't talk down to people. Find shared values and common ground. If you don't know the source of the bad information, Cell's report urges you to limit direct engagement and report the false post to whatever social media company is hosting it. You can also provide true information on your accounts and in your life without referencing or engaging with the misinformed accounts or people. Those are some of the things you and I can do to fight misinformation and disinformation. And for public health experts, they need to be working now to get ahead of the next cycle of fake news. No one should be surprised anymore when we see misinformation during a health emergency. We need to know that that is going to happen and be prepared for it. Um, And in fact, actually, a lot of misinformation is copy and paste. It's very similar. Our research has shown some distinct patterns in health-related disinformation and misinformation. Often, it's very much linked to the strongly held beliefs um, in different populations. So I think it's really important to be ready for it with better policies, practices, and approaches. Um, And that starts, I think, with funding public health communications, continues through investing in new innovation, research, and techniques to combat this ever-growing problem. With hundreds of people dying every day still in the United States, COVID is not over. And the COVID pandemic, even when it does really end, isn't the last pandemic we humans will experience. Learning how to identify and combat mis- and disinformation is an essential skill for everyone to cultivate, especially as things like artificial intelligence make it even more difficult to identify. Cell says we, as a nation, need to become more resilient to false information so that when people see it or hear it, little of it penetrates and it just slides off like water off a duck's back. In the meantime, as FDA Chief Califf said, we need to keep telling the truth at a louder volume. This episode of Petri Dish was produced by TPR News Director Dan Katz, Jacob Rosati, and me. Jacob Rosati also composed all the music 
and created the sound design on this show. And Bennett Smith did the audio editing. Petri Dish is a production of Texas Public Radio. I'm Bonnie Petrie. Talk to you soon.